Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are live and living colored and funky like a monkey, if you will. Of course, I am your host, Chris Featherstone. Another week to have some fun on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are officially kicking off 237 episodes, four and a half years on the show. Uh, I don't even know how many people I've interviewed, 50, 60, 70 <laughs> Somewhere around there. We are officially kicking off the Facebook Live. Uh, Of course, we are live on Blog Talk Radio. And we are also live right now on the Facebook, Crave Wrestling Facebook page. It's going to be a lot of fun. So submit your questions there for this awesome, awesome guest I have right now that's coming on the show. This week, I'd like to feature a former WWE Cruiserweight Classic competitor. We're going to have some fun talking with the one, the only, the high top bro. Without further ado, Mr. Anthony Bennett. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, 
it's it's also it's always great to see you know what made someone be so interested in professional wrestling. Uh, usually, the people I interviewed before is just it was something. It was a person they watched on TV as a kid or uh, some some gym opportunity, you know, someone at the gym saw them. What was it about professional wrestling that you got interested in that made you say, you know what, this is it for me. I want to be a professional wrestler. Honestly, just watching Scotty Too Hottie and K-Quick and guys like that, the charismatic guys that have fun dancing and Mm-hmm. Being characters basically is what got me into pro wrestling. I was like, yeah. I want to do that. I want to be those guys. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Too Hottie. You know what's so funny? I, I've always liked his character as Scotty Too Hottie, but I have never had anyone in the four and a half, in the four and a half years that I've had this show, I've never had anyone ever says they were inspired by Scotty Too Hottie. But that's uh, <laughs> That's very that's very interesting. Was it the worm that uh, that sold you? It was definitely the worm. The wor- the entire entrance, and the the worm is what sealed the deal. Like, I because like when I was a kid, we did talent shows, we did plays, and we did soul train lines. And mm-hmm. me and one of my friends would always do the Rikishi dance. I would always want to do Scotty Too Hottie. I would just want to go out and do the worm. The worm yeah, was like yeah. my signature. Yeah, yeah, and that was. Um... Well, what, that was around Attitude Era, um, around late 90s, yeah, 99, 2000, 2001 is when uh, Too Cool was um, was real big. Uh, so uh-huh. that's, uh, that's really, really awesome. Uh, so it, it was basically the character that that you saw that that attracted you to, to want to endeavor in wrestling. Uh, who was it that, as far as the skill, you mentioned another name. Who was oh, that? Quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. K Quick. Uh yeah. K Quick who became uh, R Truth and it was Ron the Truth Killings in, in TNA. So what was it about K Quick? Was it the get rowdy uh rap that, that got you? <laughs> it was definitely the get rowdy rap. It was always <laughs> just I would do I mess around when I was in lunch at recess. I just we're getting rowdy, just start dancing doing it. <laughs> About to move some things. <laughs> yeah, definitely me. I could, I could not get away from that. Like it was, I could see myself getting in trouble all the time for either doing something Rikishi did on TV, either DX did, or just yelling "Get rowdy" in class. It was always one of the three things I was always getting in trouble for in school. Yeah, yeah. Now, was it the? I mean, because the thing is, a lot of people, you know, because we know our truth, especially just the. Uh, the the role that he has now, um, but a lot of people, he is such a really really good wrestler. A lot, you know, his his comedy kind of over, overshadows his athleticism, but he's a really good wrestler. Was it his wrestling skills that uh, that that kind of captured you and wanted you? Because you know, both K Quick and both you know Scotty Tuhati are there's. Was it was who, who was it that you saw the wrestling ability that said you know what I kind of want to mimic that? Was it uh, you know when you were watching K Quick did you kind of were there some moves that you were interested in? Um, honestly, like as far as wrestling wise, I could say I, could, I was interested in their character, 
but mm-hmm. to want to be a pro wrestler, I always wanted to be like Kane or Undertaker, mm. like like ninety nine Kane when like right around it's my the first episode of wrestling I watched was when Kane and Undertaker slammed the stairs on Vince McMahon's ankle. Oh, okay. Ever since then, I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be that big guy just walking around without a care, just feeling like you're indestructible. But clearly, size isn't on my side. So, you know, I figured <laughs> you know, I, could just, I could dance. So let me just try to be one of these guys. Yeah, yeah. So what was it? Uh, what year did you start uh, wrestling professionally? I started pro wrestling in 2012. Okay. Yep, August yeah. 2012. So four years. Uh, what was it, like, what, what type of opportunity did you have there? Did you go to some school, or did you know someone who was inside the business? How did you get that opportunity? Well, the I started training at the Monster Factory, and the mm-hmm. Monster Factory is located in Paulsboro. Paulsboro is a mat wrestling um, town, and we have a New, building New Jersey, for right? – Yes, we're in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we have a building – that is for the mat wrestlers where it's three wrestling mats and then it's a gym. Mm-hmm. And the one day I went to the gym to work out and then I asked one of the guys to come roll around on the mat with me and I saw the wrestling ring in there. So I called the wrestling coach and talked to him about it and he said, oh yeah, that's the Monster Factory guys. Just give them a call, you know, and talk to them about it. I don't. He, does, he said he didn't know too much about it, so... Right after that, I called Danny Cage, and everything else is just uh, history now. Nice. Did so, did so around two, yeah. So around 2012 or before that, um, you know, because you, you know, we're, we're talking about 99, 2000, you know, a dozen years uh, before you started. What was it with within 2012 and and before then that really? got you hooked as far as like okay this is exactly what i want to do was there any wrestling matches that you saw or were there any wrestlers around 2012 that you uh that you that you watched and you you really helped you make your decision um i don't really know like i know once i saw the nexus take out cena and how Mm -hmm. cena had like once once he had John Cena had R Truth and John Morrison and I was like, Oh cool, you know, I like this, like I could rally behind this. This is like guys standing up for the business, like you start like you start believing, you know, that everyone can stand up for something, everyone has a part they wanna play, you know. Yeah. So I was like, This is something I w- like I wanna do this. I wanna be part of something, you know, be part of something major. Yeah. And yeah. ever since then and that was roughly like 2010 on mm-hmm. on out, yep. and ever since then I was hooked on me wanting to do it just because I want that either whether I'm a good guy or a bad guy, you know, I want to be able to say, yeah, I stood for this. I tried to uh, destroy the WWE, or I helped save the WWE, or wherever I uh, go down the road. Like I want to be one of those guys. Yeah, the one, the one that make. You know, made, made the impact. Yeah, so that that makes that makes sense because the Nexus certainly did do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, what do you, what do you think about the Nexus run? Because you know, a lot of people get criticized. A lot of people criticize it uh, for for being too uh, for for being taken. You know, the the rug swept under them too soon. Of course, 
you know, Daniel Bryan was suspended after, you know, he, he, he choked out, uh, I believe it was Justin Roberts. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he came back, you know, for, for SummerSlam and, and was the, the, Guess he he was the the mystery you know uh, person on the the babyface team. Uh, what do you think about the Nexus as a whole? Do you think that it ran its course well? Do you think that there was more life than the Nexus before uh, they decided to end it? I think they definitely could have had more life. Just be, like just me watching it as a fan, I I loved it. I was definitely into that. I was mm-hmm. a little upset once, you know, it broke like they did the brand split and or they did the draft and some of the guys from Nexus went to SmackDown and the rest stayed on Raw. Yeah. Like I feel yeah. like they definitely could have got more out of it. Yeah, I agree because you know Wade Wade Barrett was a star. I mean, he, uh, you know, right right back just recently said that, uh, you know, the reason why Barrett was looked at as the leaders because, you know, he, he, he was just a pro uh, and he, his mic work was great. And he just really had that presence on, you know, uh, to, to be that leader and have that leadership role. And I, I, I totally agree with him. I, I you know, I think that um, they, they missed an opportunity of uh, giving him the, the world championship. What do you, what do you think? Well, I could say that I, I believe he did miss an opportunity getting the world championship, but then again, like, you know, it's also, is he really done right now? You know, a lot of guys have injuries. We say we're taking time off. We might think we're done. We might think we ran our course. But yeah. we still get checked out, you know, and we're, we're able to give it one last run. And I've been there plenty of times, even with Matt Russell. I thought, you know, I was done. But I was, was able to make a comeback and do pretty good. So maybe, you know. He still has a. I still think he might have a chance down the road. Yeah, 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 I think I think that's a very very good point. So you did so you know so so you wrestle in New Jersey. There's there's some some rich rich you know history as far as independent wrestling in New Jersey, specifically you know uh, you know JCW Jersey uh, Championship uh, well or Jersey Pro Wrestling rather JPW. Um, you know people like Robbie E. People like you know Jay Lethal. Uh, Lance Anoa'i, and there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of rich history when, with Jersey Pro. Uh, have you ever wrestled for Jersey Pro, or what what other independent wrestling uh, companies did you wrestle uh, in Jersey? Um, I've just been at the Monster Factory to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. stay close mm-hmm. to home. But I am open for bookings now. Started taking more bookings. You want wanted to start a foundation get my name out there now people know who i am so now i can start actually going out there more than just staying in one spot you i, yeah. you know, I just wanted to stay, just wanted to stay before and learn while i still can before an ego starts to develop you know yeah. but <laughs> yeah but i like right now i'm still in the process of learning i just left training like not too long ago actually oh. and I'm still, you know, I'm even me just leaving a uh, classic a couple months ago. I'm still mm-hmm. training, still trying to learn more. But you know, I'm and that's the thing. I'm I'm trying like I'd rather go other places. I'm trying to go other places too. Like I want my work in or wrestling at a uh, Jersey Pro just to 
see different styles just to learn from different people that they have on their shows and go in other places also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, the fact that you were in WWE, you know, the Cruiserweight Classic, one of the, the hottest, uh, you know, programs in WWE this entire year, um, that, I mean, that's phenomenal. And, you know, to be able to, you know, come on interviews like this and uh, get your, really get your name out there, especially, you know, being the having that opportunity uh, to compete in the WWE is really, really fantastic. Now, I'm really interested and curious to know how did you get scouted out? You know, who was it that gave you the opportunity? How did you get the call for the WWE? And did someone go to the Monster Factory to scout out talent for the for the Cruiserweight Classic? And how did they even know about the Monster Factory? Um, Mr. Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe came in 2013. He mm-hmm. uh, was just looking at talent, and he heard I had an amateur wrestling background, mm-hmm. and like he was fascinated by it. And he told me he's like. Okay, kid, I'm going to come back next year. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to gain 10 pounds. And from there, once I gained the 10 pounds, he's like, okay, good. I see you listened. You know, you packed on a lot of size. You're developing a character. You're becoming more and more comfortable with wrestling. So now I want you to gain another 15 pounds. Be at this weight, and I'm going to see what I can do with you when the time comes. I, what mm-hmm. He said he wants me to stay focused. He said he wants me to still keep learning. And I just stay with it. And he would uh, message me every now and then just, hey, kid, how's the progress going? How are you doing? And uh, telling him, you know, I'm doing good. I'm having trouble right now with this. My head's not in it. And it's just certain things. He'll be like, well, you know, we don't give up. Wrestlers never give up. You know, times are always hard. you got to push through. And it's just certain things like that, you know. And it's sometimes, you know, just me talking to him a lot is certain things I could talk, I feel comfortable with talking to him mm-hmm. that you might not feel comfortable talking to, let's say, my trainer at the Monster Factory, Danny Cage, or one of the other trainers or coaches there at the Monster Factory just because he's like, I'm not too worried about the last shot because I know he's helping me and I know the trainers are there to help me, but I know, like, I feel more comfortable with him just because he's more he's more in your like, more in your face, basically. He'll He won't Beat around the bush, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, of course, yeah, because he's got that experience. He's got, you know, forty plus years of experience uh, in the business, and that's 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 really awesome. So, did he give you the call uh, to uh, come on the uh, on the Cruiserweight Classic, or was it someone else? Uh, yes, he put my name in for the Cruiserweight Classic. He messaged he messaged me ahead of time. It was like. Listen, kid. This is what's going to happen. I want you to be ready. You're going to be on a cruiserweight. Cl- uh, you're going to be in a cruiserweight tournament coming up. So get your head ready. I don't need you to do anything stupid. And yeah, I made sure I was ready. Awesome. I made sure I did everything I could to get ready for it. How, how, how was your gimmick created? The uh, the hot top well, and, and, and the, the double black. Um, it started just. I, um, one of the trainers at the Monster Factory um, wanted to have her sideburns match. He, me and him were working a program, working a uh, series of matches, and we went like we upped the stakes a little bit. We said, you know, it could be a hair versus sideburns match, and 
he was like, well, you don't have hair to grow. I was like, oh, trust me, I'll grow my hair out. Uh, then we set this uh, date, and I grew a nice little Michael Jackson afro, early Michael Jackson, Jackson 5. Yeah. And we went from there. Then we had the match. I won the match, so I, I kept the afro for a little bit. Then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not feeling the afro. I can't really do too much with it. Then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do something else with it. And one of the other uh, coaches was like, you, yeah, why don't you try getting a kid in play? I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. Got the cut, liked how it looked. Then I was like, okay, you know, you know, I got the hair. Now let me see what, what else I can add to it. So as the pro- time started going on, I was like, I'm going to say maybe – Except like around right around Halloween time, I saw glasses, uh, a pair of shutter shades in one of the stores, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna get these and I'm gonna try to put them on my hair and see how it looks. Mm-hmm. Did it? I liked how it looked, and everything else just took off from there. You know, it's just I wear two shades now, and then people ask why, you know, and it's simple. I tell everyone my hair has a personality of its own, and we just <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. So how is it the maintenance that, uh, you know, big, tall, uh, high-top fade? Like, is it – do you have to sleep a certain way? Is it a daily thing? How is it to – how is the maintenance <laughs> for that type of hairstyle? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, the maintenance is ridiculous. Um, I, I don't really sleep a certain way. I just know when I wake up. It's eat, depending on how I sleep. Sometimes I sleep on my left side. Sometimes I sleep on my right. Sometimes I sleep on my back. And yeah. no matter which way I sleep, my hair is leaning the opposite direction. So if I'm <laughs> laying on my left side, my hair is leaning to the right. It's, then if I'm on my back, it's like all the, pushed all the way forward. So me sleeping a certain way does not it does it does not help at all. Just, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's. There's certain things you got to do to, you know, really, you know, make a name for yourself in the business. So, you know, stuff like that is, uh, it comes with the territory. So awesome time, man. So, uh, you know, let us know, you know, here's your, here's an opportunity to, to really push yourself. And uh, I really wish you the best, man. Where, where can we find you on uh, social media? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at High Top Bennett. That's H I. G-H-T-O-P-B-E-N-N-E-T-T. And I'm on Instagram at Bennett Ant, B-E-N-N-E-T-T-A-N-T. Awesome. Fantastic. you have any um, any bookings coming up? Um, I will be at the Monster Factory this Saturday. And the show starts at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6 p.m., but... I say get there at 6 p.m. because we do have some pre-show matches. You never know. Sometimes I'm on a pre-show match. Sometimes I'm on main card also, you know. So, and there's a chance where you could get to meet some of your favorite wrestlers, too. We still have guys from Ring of Honor coming in. We have a bunch of guys coming in to the show this Saturday. So, again, and that's at the Monster Factory. The address is 541 Mantua Avenue, Paulsburg, New Jersey. And the show starts at 7. Tickets are $10. Fantastic. And last question, uh, how often did you interact with uh, Triple H and the Cruiserweight Classic? Ooh, um, we've had our fair share of crossing, crossings. When I was down there, I spoke with him 
a couple of times when we were going over the parade entrance. Me and mm-hmm. him were joking around. He's just, yeah, you know, I should cut you. I want to cut your hair off. You know, we should do this. We should give you a Gumby. He's like, oh, what if I stick googly eyes in your hair? I was like, oh, I'm already on it. That's already underway. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, oh my gosh, I love this kid. <laughs> nice. You know, it's fun to see like see guys that play have a serious part just more relaxed you know he did seem relaxed he seemed like he was having fun with us so yeah yeah that's awesome uh i really wish you the best man uh, and i'm looking forward to uh seeing your name uh all over the internet and you know all over the television soon yes thank you thank you awesome all right thanks a lot man you have a great night uh you too be safe thank you bye Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We've taken this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we're here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play. Like who defies the living God? Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood, Hendrix, Prizzle, pinning them. To the max. And I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama We jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat Tie the do-rag before we do battle You're talking shit, you are what you speak This too sweet Till the genre is just back We rapping that work pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that Trusting God we trust Pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power we're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And uh, once uh, once again, a special heartfelt thank you to Anthony Bennett, uh, former WWE Cruiser Classic competitor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have an action-packed night tonight. We got so much to talk about. So we don't have any time to waste. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, guest co-host, uh, he is the uh, the he, he is the the co-host for the presidential series. Uh, this is third time on, and I'm, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about some politics and, of course, uh, wrestling. We got we got no mercy. 
We have Raw. We have SmackDown. The Flavor of the Week this week is uh, the top five people who Brock Lesnar should put over. So we'll be talking about about that, too. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Todd Fisher. How are you tonight, sir? Nice, (laughs) dude. Awesome. Fantastic. Did you wake you up? (laughs) <laughs> did you, did you, no, I, I, if if you would have woke me up, I would you wouldn't be calling on the show right now. Uh, so now we're, my we're favorite good. part is I know that you're wearing hair, headphones right now, so it just probably blew your drums a little bit. Yes, <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's all good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's let's get to the the debate talk. So. Uh, last Sunday was the second installment of the presidential debate, and um, you know a, a lot of people are saying that. Uh, well, uh, two thirds, just about two thirds of the people believe that. Uh, actually, it was about fifty-seven percent. So, uh, just about a, a third of um, two thirds of, of people thought that uh, Hillary Clinton won. Um, However, uh, Donald Trump was kind of applauded for not winning. I mean, Clinton decisively won, according to polls throughout. Uh, However, people believed that Donald Trump was strong enough. He wasn't very strong, but he was strong enough to stay in the fight. Uh, Basically, you know, before before, uh, Donald Trump came on, uh, the debate this uh, this time, you know, there were talks about, you know, people, it, it got as far as people hoping that, you know, uh, he totally just, uh, you know, kicked the bucket and that would allow for a much more civil, uh, a much more experienced uh, Mike Pence to, uh, uh, to take the throne. Uh, however, uh, he uh, he was basically he was critiqued as holding his own enough uh, for him to continue to um, swing <laughs> flail basically. So, what are your thoughts of of those assessments from uh, the, the majority of, of uh, the debate watchers? Well, I think I think Trump was very successful in the mission that he was given. I think he was given the job, go out there and stop the hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging, mm-hmm. stop the bleeding. They're losing supporters left and right. Get out there and stop it. Stop it from happening. And in that, I think he was successful. I think he was a lot more con- uh, uh, controlled than he was in the first debate. Um, of course, they made a big deal of his pacing back and forth behind her, which I, I – whatever – so the man was he he was he was waiting for his chance and I I know when I talk right now I'm on my I'm on my phone I'm walking back and forth across my living room while I talk to you just because you know I sit on my behind all day long and talk on the phone when I'm doing it in my personal life I like to be able to move around I like to be able to, to walk back and forth that's just how some people are am I creeping on someone am I menacing anyone no I'm alone in my living room walking back and forth and having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Trump had absolutely, you, you can't deny that, I, well, you, you could deny it, but I think Trump had the line of the night 
And I know I was laughing my behind off when Hillary says, well, thank goodness, you know, you're not in charge of the laws. And he hits her with a, yeah, because you'd be in jail. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, ooh, uppercut. Yeah. Well, here's my thing on that jail thing. Uh, uh, and and again, uh, I think I have to say this every week. Uh, the disclaimer is I'm voting for neither. That's the disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and but here's here's my issue with with the jail reference. Okay, if it was just a joke, well, first of all. It, He's he's running for president, so saying stuff like that kind of shows your ignorance because uh, the commander in chief can request, but he can't demand uh, anything. I mean, he did he did refer to his attorney general before that, but he did say you'd be in jail. Uh, the commander in chief doesn't have that power to impose. Uh, jail time uh, on someone uh, specifically for um, things that uh, have yet to be (laughs) um, incriminating to her. Now, you know, we can all accuse that, that she does have some incriminating things, which I personally believe she does. Uh, But, you know, he, he doesn't know that to make such a bold statement. Uh, I think I think you simply say exactly what the rest of us are thinking. If it was anyone other than Hillary Clinton who did what she has done, who's been proven, proven, not we, we think she did, not we assume she did, but proven that she has done, they would be in jail or at least, at the very least, would be under indictment. But here's the thing, though. The you FBI has – Well, the FBI has proven – that nothing within her emails or the investigation is incriminating. It, it, is, is it a civil? Uh, is it a, a personal civil uh, reputation blow? Yes. Um, she deleted thirty-two to thirty-three thousand emails, uh, and she ignorantly <laughs> doesn't know what a C means. Uh, when it comes to no excuse of the law to the law. Oh yeah, 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 and that, and that's true. But the, again, at the same time, there's nothing based on the FBI investigation, and this is information that we've all received, you know, from the media. Based on the FBI investigation, there's nothing within that ridiculousness that's incriminating. So I don't understand that uh, the whole jail thing. And the thing is, you know, triple, typical Trump, he doubled down. On saying that to the point where he's made it, a, <laughs> he's made a quote and put it on Facebook, and Twitter. So that that is his approach. And again, you know, I I just don't understand this type of approach and hoping that he would be able to win. Over, again, you know, it's gotten to the point where we, we've talked about stopping the bleeding with losing his base. That is basically the standard that we're at right now with Donald Trump. That is a very, very low standard to say at this point in time, you know, uh, four weeks to the day, right right now, four weeks to the day of Election Day, 
We're saying that the the standard of Donald Trump right now is to stop the bleeding of his base, which is uh, declining and declining. Before you know the the uh, debate on Sunday a couple weeks ago, he was winning, I believe, four uh, battleground states: Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, Ohio, and I believe it was Michigan. Uh, may have been it may have been a different one, but. Going into the bait, he was winning. Uh, it, it all flipped around. He he was winning none of those states, and now he has the worst lead. Uh, he has the worst deficit of the entire head-to-head process, down eleven points, and uh, you know basically almost at the eleventh hour. How would how does Donald Trump supporters, you know, explain that? Well, I mean. I think it all goes to the revelation of the tape that was just found on Friday, mm-hmm. which if you believe quote, quote, unquote, just, quote, unquote, found just found, quote unquote, just found. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess you can't hear my, my, my air quotes that I'm doing. Your right air there. quotes. Yeah. <laughs> my air Your Chris quotes. Farley quotes. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, darn well, they've been waiting. They've been waiting for the moment to release that tape. Oh yeah, and you and I, you and I have talked off, you know, off the air. Uh, we talked earlier today at work, and we talked a little bit. I've publicly, I've, I've decided to take kind of a Paul Ryan stance. I will no longer publicly defend, yes, nor support Donald Trump. How I vote in four weeks is, is now up in the air. Mm-hmm. I, I can guarantee you, I'm not voting for Hillary. But whether mm-hmm. or not I vote Trump or third party is in the air right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. if you going back to the debate, and when they started that debate, and you know the first question, of course, is about that tape, and uh, we talked about it briefly. How Trump was trying to point out that you know in this world that we live in, where ISIS is such a problem, and all these things are a problem, we're going to talk about something that I said ten years ago. Is the point he was trying to make, but Cooper just wouldn't let it go, and this is why I've decided to withdraw any of my support. Because Anderson Cooper kept asking him, so you've never done this. Right. And he didn't answer. You've never done this. And he didn't answer. And it's something as as a father, and, and all of you out there that are parents, and if you're young and you have parents, know, know what I'd about Anderson. I don't think Anderson Cooper was asking a question he didn't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. He was giving Trump an opportunity. Way out. <laughs> He's giving yeah. him an out. And yep. Trump doubled down on it. And I, and I guarantee you, or I can't guarantee, but I truly believe that in the next couple of days, coming real soon, there's going to be another tape revelation. There's going to be videotape. Uh, someone's going to step forward and accuse Donald Trump of doing exactly what, he's, what he was talking about on that tape. Yeah. And boom. Any yeah. support that Trump had left evaporates. Yeah. Or rightfully uh, well. so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it evaporates. I mean, here and again, this is, I say this, you know, people, people like yourself is, is a good example. You know, you're, you're a Ted Cruz apologist. You're, you're, you're a Ted Cruz guy. I'm an apologist. Ted, I'm proudly well, for Ted Cruz. Well, you can, you can be an apologist and proudly I'm, I'm a, I'm a Christian apologist. I, I, I'm not, I don't I'm not a shameful Christian, 
being an apologist means that you're defending someone. So you're okay. you're I'll, I'll accept that terminology then. Yeah, I mean that's what an apologist means. You you're the okay. to, it means to defend. You look look at the word. It means to defend when it comes to debates or when it comes to um uh you know basically your your worldview. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian apologist. And uh, you know, uh, I'm you, a Chris have... Featherstone apologist and whatever. Um <laughs> uh, but and and here's the thing, you know, there's when when it comes to Donald Trump, uh you're going to have you're going to have the people who no matter what, and, you know, and I and I had this conversation with a friend of mine through Facebook, you know, and I've gotten to the point where I've understand I understand how to handle avid Trump supporters. Okay? So my logic is this, especially for, uh, you know, Christian supporters, um, oh, avid supporters, I would say. Let me let me put that operative word there. You know, aside of saying that he is the second coming of Satan, there's nothing that can come out in the media that's going to stop someone, you know, from voting Donald Trump. I mean, you see that with Kellyanne Conway, you see that with Kaylee McEnany, you say that uh, you see that with Andy Dean, you see that with Jeffrey Lord, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, all of these people. It does not matter what happens with, uh, especially Cora Lewandowski. Oh my lord! Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what comes out in the media. There's always going to be a spin. Always, always, always a spin. You can corner one of those people and you can you can corner them and, and, and you can press them straight to a corner and they'll admit that they'll admit that it was wrong just for you to back up a little bit for them to mm-hmm. spin it again so that's that's basically that's basically what the avid trump apologists are saying nowadays i, I was you know, you know, I, I write politics for the Inquisitor. I, I you know, I, I I get paid to write about politics, so I'm very, very uh, entrenched in it. And I absolutely love it, and it's, it's fun, and it's exciting. But it's like it gets frustrating, you know, to look at stuff like that that you have evidence right in front of you, and you're basically what you do is you spin it. <laughs> to the point of it's always Hillary Clinton's fault. Now here's the thing, and this is, and I've told you this before. I, I think I think it was even today that Hillary Clinton is no less angelic than you know, or no more angelic than Donald Trump is. You know, and that's and that's the thing. If it was someone else, if it was a Mike Pence, if it was a Ted Cruz, if it was a John Kasich, if it was a Scott Walker or Jeb Bush. Any of those possibilities, Hillary Clinton would be absolutely destroyed because uh, I think she can handle Kasich, but whatever. You you said who? Kasich. I think she would destroy Kasich. You think so? Oh yeah. I, I don't. I don't think so because I think that I think that John Kasich uh, reaches to the. Okay, I, I can understand your reasoning of why because he's he's very bipartisan. Um, well, it's not. It's I, not just that. It's his connections. It's his 
his really direct ties to like Goldman Sachs and you know, the other yeah. banks, uh, which you know we can you know because of leaked documents we can tie the same to Hillary, but there's yeah. a leak. He's he's publicly been linked to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I and I can definitely understand that. Um, I just think that that John Kasich would reach um, the. I think that he'd do a better job reaching the moderate, independent, you know, voter that's kind of on the fence. And I think that the the, the scandals of Hillary Clinton with the emails, the Benghazi, and and so forth. Um, like you said, Goldman Sachs, you know, the the, the affiliations with them. I think that those would be exposed more now because, you know, you have someone level-headed like John Kasich and, you know, Trump, you know, Hillary Clinton would be kind of like the bad guy in this equation. But now with, with, with Donald Trump, he's, he's creating stuff to talk about. And, and that's, and that's the thing. And it's like, it's like, you have two brothers, basically. You ha- you have the big brother and the little brother. You know, it's like they they both did something to get in trouble to their parents, uh-huh. but you know the big brother was the one who was trying who was trying to talk his way out of it, and then he got in the most trouble. But they did the same exact thing. Both the big brother and the little brother did the same exact thing, but the one who was talking and didn't and didn't be quiet got the most trouble. And that's basically how I feel about this election. You know, and, it's, and now that you say that, it really makes a lot more sense. Because I, I don't know how much of the uh, uh, the, the current WikiLeaks thing, WikiLeaks uh, email scandals, you've looked into it, because it's getting worse. It seems to be getting worse and worse. Yeah. Because um, the latest revelation uh, to come out, there's thousands of these emails. I've read some of them. I haven't been able to dig through all of them, but mm-hmm. one of the bigger, uh, bigger ones. And then I haven't, you and I talked about one earlier uh, that came out is that Saudi Arabia and Qatar apparently are financing ISIS. And the same people that are financing ISIS are donating money to guess who? The Clinton foundation. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. came out. And that's uh, huge. That should be that should be front page. Yep, sure should. And Absolutely. then, not only should it be front page, then then that ties. You know, I'm sorry if there's anyone that's a, a big Barack Obama supporter, but guess who just tried to block the U.S. and the victims of 9/11 from suing Saudi Arabia, yeah. Barack Obama, which makes you wonder why does he want to protect them so much? Everyone says oil, 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 but here's a here's a revelation, folks. We get very little oil from the Middle East. And when they, they say that that's the reason, and people say that's the reason why we went into Iraq. We don't get our oil from there. We get our oil mm-hmm. from Mexico and Canada, primarily. And Alaska as well, yeah. Yeah, and then Alaska. We have mm-hmm. vast, huge amounts of oil under Texas and Oklahoma and out in the West. Yeah. There's vast amounts in Florida and Louisiana. We don't get hardly any oil from over there. All the oil contracts that came from Iraq went to Russia yep. and China. Yep. We did not go to war for oil. Get over it. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I hate yeah. when people say that. It drives me nuts. I was there. I know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, these, these, these Podestra, I think, it, I think it's Podesta, is, uh, is the, the current batch that we're going through, where yeah. Hillary Clinton called uh, black voters mindless shopping carts. Yeah. Called uh, Bernie supporters basement dwellers. And then she has a she has a very own basket, and like she called Trump supporters that the basket of deplorables. She calls her own supporters the basket of losers. <laughs> in yeah. an email that you can read, it's out there, folks. To look at it. And here's the thing, Todd. You know, and and the sad part is this: there's an unwritten rule for for people of my culture to vote a certain way because of some, you know, fairy tale that, that, uh, you know, was promised to us, you know, during LBJ era, you know, you know, 50 years ago, you know, 50 years of, we're going to bring you guys up and we're going to do this and we're going to help you guys with this. And, you know, 50 years later, it's, it's the same thing. You know, but it's there again. It's an unwritten rule, and 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 it's and it's sad because, you know, a, a lot of Democratic n- nominees feel that way. Like I've got the black vote in the bag. I've got the woman vote in the bag, and you know, and and and, and that's why I wasn't so critical about, you know, Romney's, uh, which really put his campaign down the tubes, but. Uh, was it the forty-seven percent or the forty percent or something like that? Yeah, the the the, the you know the uh, the comment he made about that. But but here's the thing: like I I wasn't as critical about that as everybody else because he he understood like hey there there's certain people who are going to vote a certain way just because mom said and dad said and grandma said and granddad said and they heard about it and that that's basically there there's if if I don't write the if I don't vote this way I'll you know basically be debased is <laughs> what it is what it boils down to and well, you know, we had this conversation not too long ago about that mhm yeah about how people are afraid to walk away from their culture mhm yeah and it's and it's 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 sad, and I don't think it's a necessarily walking away from culture. I think it's a, it's, I think it's, I would say the word enlightenment. I I, I would use that word, uh, at least digging in to see the the why behind the what, you know, and why, you know, why am I doing this? <laughs> why, why am I voting this way? What, you know, have I looked deep enough to know that? This person is who I should vote for because, but I'm looking at the transcript right now, and I just want you know we were you know just talking about what you were saying as far as him not initially denying you know about the tape, uh, and yeah, basically Cooper comes right out the gate basically saying uh, asking the question, and the the sad part is this. Cooper Cooper says the question, um, uh, Mr. Trump, about the tape that was released on Friday, as you can imagine, you called what you said locker room banter. You described kissing women without consent, grabbing their genitals. That is sexual assault. You bragged that you have sexually assaulted a woman. Do you understand that? 
He said, no, I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understand what was. That was locker room talk. That's called minimizing. I'm not proud of it. I apologize to my family. I apologize to American people. Certainly, I'm not proud of it, but this is locker room talk. He talks about the ISIS, medieval times. Yes, I'm embarrassed by it. Cooper says, so, Mr. Trump, and he interrupts and says, and we should get on to more important things and much bigger things. Cooper says, just for the record, though, <laughs> are you saying that what you said on the bus 11 years ago, that you did not actually kiss woman without consent or grope woman without consent? Okay, right there should have been, I did not, it was, I said it, it was wrong, I didn't do it. Instead, his his response was this, I have great respect for women. No one has, nobody has more respect for women than I do. That's not saying no. Cooper comes back and says, so for the so for the record, you're saying you never did that. Again, an opportunity number two to say, you're right, I never did that. Instead, his answer was, I've said things that, frankly, you hear these things I said, and I was embarrassed by it. <laughs> but I have tremendous respect for women. The second opportunity to say no. Cooper says once again, have you ever done these things? He responds, and women have respect for me. And I will tell you, no, I have not. So it took him four opportunities to say no, and he brushed it off when he said no. No, I have not. And I will tell you that I'm going to make our country safe. So basically, that's a deflection tool. You had four opportunities to say no. You say no on the fourth opportunity. And you deflected. That's, I believe, the reason why he's 11 points down now, because people don't think that that answer is genuine. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's because of that answer. I think it's the, just the general consensus. Most guys, sorry, bro, you're on your own on this one. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cop to say, yeah, that's locker room talk. We all do it, and we do, <laughs> we do. Us guys, we do say crass and 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 crude things when we're alone. Especially, be, you know, when we're not saved and we don't have something guiding, a bigger purpose guiding us, um, which is one thing. But to claim that you're kissing girls and grabbing them uh, in an inappropriate way, that's, that's a step beyond, I mm-hmm. think, in, yeah. in some in some way. And even and even this, he would have said, you know what? Yeah, I've probably kissed a few girls that a few women that. Maybe they didn't you know, necessarily want it because haven't we all tried to go for that kiss mm-hmm. where you know, we misread a signal, went for a kiss, and it was shut down. I mean, when you were, I know when I was younger, you know, I'm not a young man anymore, but when I was younger, I'm sure I grabbed a, a few heinies in my in my lifetime mm-hmm. <laughs> that nowadays I'd probably be in jail for. But back then, you know, grabbing a heinie, whatever, maybe get slapped, maybe get, oh, stop it, you know, that's that's something completely different. And mm. if you would have just said, you know what, maybe in the past I, I may have kissed a girl and read a, read a signal wrong or I grabbed a hiney, you know, that, that would have been one thing. But he just says no. That's what I'm saying. Anderson Cooper, the way he pressed that, that tells me he, know, he, he knows something that you and I don't know yet. Exactly. 
And that's the reason, and that's my point. You know, you said that it wasn't the answer, but I, I, I disagree. I think it was the answer that swayed people more at people and, and was so criticized because he had four opportunities to say no. And even Cooper pushed him, and he said for the record two times when he, when he, you know, when he responded back to what Trump was saying, when he was cornering him in, he said, just for the record, though. And he said, I have great respect for women. So I think Trump is aware enough to understand, you know, the, the, the power of media who can trace things as this whole conversation from 11 years ago on a bus. You know, so basically the, th- the thing is he tried to corner him and say, just for the record, just for the record. So for the record, you're saying you never did that? And so, you know, and that's the thing. I don't think that he wanted to say no because he kept because Anderson Cooper kept saying for the record, for the record. And, you know, you've got four weeks and I agree with you. I'm on the same boat as something else is going to be released that that, you know, for the record, for the record, him saying no is now on the record. And, you know. That's how you're going to how are you going to spend that? How are you going to spend flat out saying no, not admitting to it, and then other things get released? Nah, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. we, like I said, you're right. You're right with what you said earlier. There's no way a narcissist like Trump is going to ever step to the side, even right. though he should. Because at this point, I unfortunately I, I feel that it's unwinnable, and I yeah. think if he were if he were to step to the side and let Pence step up, the vacuum that would be created would draw so many supporters to Pence. Mm-hmm. Pence would just come out would compared to the two of them, compared to Trump, he is an absolute altar boy. Yeah. No matter what dirt you can dig up on him, he's an altar boy. Yeah. And compared to the corruption of Hillary Clinton, he, he sounds re- he's a, he's more moderate. Even though you know, if you really dig deep on Pence, you realize you know that he's actually a conservative. But because we have gone from the extreme, uh, the two extremes, he seems more moderate. You know. Yeah. So I think you'd get a lot of undecided that would jump on board with Mike Pence in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, this becomes a whole different campaign, and a campaign that becomes almost unwinnable, I think, for Hillary Clinton. Absolutely, because it, because it, it's not a lesser of two evils premise anymore. You know, that's nope. that's basically the premise of this election. It is the lesser of two evils. If Pence was at the helm of the Republican Party, it that would not. I mean, that 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 that. that Bases that premise would be destroyed because there's nothing. I mean, you know, the the left can grab some some views that he thought uh, as far as gays in the military, as far as uh, LGBT rights, things like that that he's you know said very harshly uh, on his radio show when he did when he did uh, radio. But other than that, I mean, that's again that's that's a morality factor that has nothing to do with corruption or, or or dirt or anything like that that's just i mean if you disagree with his moral views don't vote for him i mean but that has nothing to do with morality and judgment and things like that he's a he's a very strong conservative who believes 
you know, in biblical worldview and biblical principles. I mean, that's if you disagree with that, there's nothing to criticize about that. But at the same time, there's no, I mean, you know, I'm sure that there's something that you can dig from Prince. There's some, but, but like we're both saying, there's something that you can dig about everybody. So, you know, that's basically out the picture. If only, if only that would happen. This yeah. would it'd make four weeks now so much easier. Yeah. yeah but then I get to think about that. It, you know, with early voting and everything, if that were to happen, in the unlikely event that Trump steps down, and I'm not even sure, I don't think anything like that's ever happened. But in the unlikely event that were to happen, what happens to the early voting for people who voted for Trump? Yeah, and then we're talking about that too. I guess it's. Uh, it Would their votes automatically go to Pence? Do they no, get I don't think it grandfathers over, No, I don't think it grandfathers over the the Pence. I, I, I think it'll just be uh, just a wasted vote. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our headlines. Here we go. Get to our headlines. Facebook Live, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, that's good stuff. So uh, we had a couple weeks. Was like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. So yeah, I'm enjoying uh, being uh, live on Facebook, um, and it creates a pretty cool archive too. So um, yeah, I think we'll we'll do this uh, every week potentially. We'll see. At least through the at least through the election season. So we get four more weeks of uh, of going live. All right, Paige, Did you figure out the audio part yet? Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're all we're good. We're good and we're live and people can What's hear up, you Facebook? as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um paid suspended again for sixty days, but which is weird because let's spend probably about six minutes or so on this. Uh paid suspended again for sixty days, but she's injured, which may last up to a year. Uh, you know, Supposedly, there were some painkillers that uh, were prescribed, which I think they should amend. You know the the policy for if you have if there's a prescription to it, I don't understand why you're still being penalized for. It, but you know what what what's wrong? What's so just immature about Paige and young and juvenile about Paige is that for some reason she's getting all this money, this huge opportunity at you know she started. <laughs> She started what, twenty twenty one in the WWE, uh, and twenty four years old, huge opportunity, all this money, you know, multi time, you know, uh, Divas champion, NXT uh, champion, and you're allowing your relationship and just your hot headed attitude to say something and tweet about. Your disdain of the situation, I would have shut my mouth and let these 60 days ride out and, you know, go on the road to recovery. Why is Paige doing this to herself? She will not ever make this same money in the in any type of wrestling company than she is now. I think it's a horrible idea to be so impulsive to tweet something about just your disagreement at the sake of your job. She's utterly right back in her way out of a job. Pretty much, yeah. 
or would you would you for she's utterly Adam Rosing herself out of a job. Yeah, well, Adam Rose still wanted to be there. I interviewed him. He he wanted to be there still. Uh, I, because, uh, well, he he still wants to be there too. Uh, but there was some, you know, it was it was more of a money thing for him. For for Paige though, it's, I think it's just youth immaturity and just really hot head thinking. It really is. I mean, you have such a big opportunity, and you're just it's one of those things that Paige would probably most likely regret, you know, in a year when she's wrestling back alleys in the UK, or that, or she goes the route of China or Tammy Sitch. One of the two. Yeah. One of those led to death, unfortunately. So let's let's hope not that. Rick yeah, Flair. Well, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I am hoping that's not the case, but man. Of course. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah uh, Rick Flair, go on. Yeah, let's let's hope not. So yeah, Rick Flair refuses to comment on the Holly Berry scandal when asked by TMZ. I wrote an article on this uh, on Sports Kita. And, you know, it's it, it's really interesting. You know, the, the, the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss doing, willing, dealing, son of a gun is, you know, who, who kissed the girls and made them cry, as Ric Flair would always say. And the crazy thing about that is he was so vocal to say something about Holly Berry on his show, but when asked by TMZ, he had no comment, and then poured the latter part, the very, very end of the uh, candid interview, uh, you know, he said, you know, she's she's a good, uh, she's, a, she's a great woman, a, a good actress, or something to that nature. So, you know, is, is this, you know, living your gimmick too much that it just really backfired on you? phone call from someone that told him to shut his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, if he was just living living the gimmick, I think he would have come out and said, look, I was just limit, uh, living the gimmick, took it too far, I didn't mean to embarrass anyone, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I think, I honestly think it happened. Now, before, I didn't think it happened, but now I really feel like it happened. Halle Berry's <laughs> embarrassed by it, and and her people told him to Dude, shut your mouth. Hmm. You know, yeah. we're going to, you know, lawsuit kind of thing. And he yeah. can't afford a lawsuit. So here's the thing. I, what would the lawsuit be? What, what, what would the case be? Was it, would it be... Defamation uh, of character? I don't know. Defamation? Well, you, uh, right. Well, I don't, that's not a defamation suit. Uh, suit. I, hey, hey, I had sex with someone. How, how is that defaming someone? That's not a defamation. I mean, that would be a very weak defamation suit. And, I, and I'm studying forensics and PhD, so I, that would be a very, very weak <laughs> defamation suit of saying, "Hey, I had sex with her." So, you know that. But, but you know, if you have good lawyers, it doesn't you can matter. Do the strength of the case doesn't matter. The very fact that they file a case, he now has to defend himself. He has to hire a lawyer. He can't hire. He can't afford to hire a lawyer. He he's bankrupt five times over. Probably owes money to everyone in the face of the planet. I think he owes me five bucks, but <laughs> he can't afford to defend himself. So it doesn't matter how weak that case is. People do it all the time. 
the the Church of uh, I don't I'm, I'm not going I'm going to get you sued here, but the Church of Scientology strategically sues people to keep them from saying anything about them simply for that fact, regardless of whether or not there's any basis of it. Right. They so sue, people and sue people and sue people. Yeah. And so that's exactly the technique that they could use against Ric Flair is just suing to get him to shut his mouth. A gag order, basically, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I understand that, but, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, at this point he's, you know, signing, he, he's charging $4,000 for for five minutes on the phone, that's yeah, that's pretty that's pretty desperate. Uh, but yeah, it's it, I, I understand I understand that logic. That logic makes sense. Um, but I don't think at this point, what 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 hurt this whole defamation thing? What they if if Ric Flair had an attorney. They could counter sue because of the remarks that were said by uh, Barry and her uh, her reps denying it. You know, basically a denial can say, "Hey, listen, you put my on the line by saying that this never happened." You know, so that can bring a strong case as well. But you know, it, it I can see I can see your point. As far as the you know the hush mouth you know let's I got a subpoena in the mail let's hush my mouth but at the same time again you know Ric Flair's character is on the line too by saying that and then if if we didn't hear anything from Barry anything from her reps is saying you know there's no comment or something like that or just wasn't saying anything but just flat out denying it. It will be a lie if it really happens. So that can really that could help Ric Flair, and and in turn as well. Bret Hart ribs the someone that Hollywood lies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that never happens. So never. Uh, <laughs> Bret Hart rips the Freebirds Hall of Fame induction and calls them pillheads. Uh, so the the Freebirds are, uh, you know what, you know what happened to the Freebirds? They just made the list. Well, also breaking news this week. Breaking news this week: water is wet, the sky is blue. <laughs> Another probably very obvious thing. It was the seventies and the early eighties. Of course, they're pillheads, weren't they all? Yeah, including you know. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a very sensitive uh, show now. <laughs> so yeah, I. Here's the thing, you know, there's, I think you make a good point. I mean, there's, to say that someone doesn't deserve to go in the Hall of Fame because they are pillheads, I mean, that's, that, that's. that's I mean, does it, does that lessen, does that, does that take anything away from the performance that they had, the performances no. that they had? Does it no. make them any less legendary? No, nope. it certainly does not. Nope. Does, does Hulk Hogan's controversial statements that he made, does it make him any less Hulk Hogan? Nope. Not at all. You can hate you can hate the actions of the men and the people behind the legend, but it doesn't change the fact of their legendary deeds. Yep. So Absolutely. still heads or not, they're still the the, the, the free birds. Indeed they are. Homeless man now involved in the Alberto 
Alberto El Patron stabbing. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I wrote an article uh, Tuesday um, uh, to the, throughout the day, uh, the afternoon, on Sportskeeda of some recent information that was said on the Taz show that said we're good, you know, and the situation is behind us. And and here's my, here's just what I got my head at. What what do you mean the situation is behind us? If there is a person who stabbed me multiple times to put a gash in my head, I do not want him to be on the street. If I if I'm arguing about, you know, my my thing is if if my wife and I were at a restaurant, someone tried to hit on my wife, and that led to a scuffle between me and the person, and the person stabbed me multiple times and had a big gash in my head, why would that situation be behind me? You have someone who was willing to stab me, you know, over a verbal altercation. I want that person off the street. What do you, what do you mean this situation is behind us? Also, on a side note, Perry Saturn's been found again, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's good. Almost that he's stabbing. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it, it. This story is getting more and more convoluted. Yeah. And confusing. It, it's. It has more twists than a Mexican soap opera. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, the Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's. It's. It just gets worse and worse, man. Uh, it just. You know. There, there's one thing. Oh, the webs we weave. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing about inconsistencies. I mean, like, but at the same time, I mean, you know, if you if there's eyewitnesses, you know, there, there's one person that's going to tell you this this information, and this person is going to tell you that information that the other person might have left out, right? But there's still going to be a common thread of important things that are that are just not going to be omitted from, you know, a, a witness statement. Now, if you have two people that basically was in the altercation outside of the assailant, what in the? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. How yeah, the situation behind it? Yeah, someone stabbed me multiple times. Uh, you know, you can that. That's manslaughter at the least, you know, attempted murder, you know, if if I could have had some type of assault with a deadly uh, weapon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's that's basically a charge that you can tack on 10 years for. So, you know, it, it just <laughs> for the sake of someone spending 20, 30 years in prison, eh, don't worry about it. He's he's left off. He's probably, you know, he's someone with the same knife prone to stab someone again. It just it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And then lastly, have they uh, found John a police Cena report thinks, yet? No, no. I mean, again, you know, has there been any reports from a hospital? No. <laughs> I mean, I've seen those gashes. Those were not. Those were not. Let's just throw a bandaid on them and move on with the day kind of cut. Right. That, so there's no hospital the, I mean, report, the, no police report. I. It, it's. It's suspicious to me. I, you know, it it really it really it brings the question up of were there just two people involved in this altercation, and those are the two people that 
you know, are the headlines right now. The actual couple. Start to wonder if it even happened. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's <laughs> uh, pull of Ryan Lochte. Uh, but yeah, that's it's, it's very very interesting how that is. John Cena taking a hiatus after uh, Survivor Series uh, to film American Grit. Uh, so he'll probably be gone for the rest of the year. Um, I, you know, I, a lot of a lot of people know I'm not a Cena guy at all. But I, you know, I'm starting to get indifferent. I didn't like Cena for a long time, but I'm, it's more of a indifferent type thing. Especially since you know on SmackDown, I definitely think he's a really good asset to SmackDown. So I mean, I, I think Cena's good for SmackDown. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, you know, they, they've elevated Styles and, and, and Ambrose enough that, you know, four to six weeks without John Cena uh, wouldn't seem like a big loss. No, it, you know what? I used to be a, 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 a hardcore anti-Cena guy. I, I flipped on him during his U.S. champ challenge. Yeah, yeah. When I flipped on him because he started putting people over. Before that, he was he was all about Cena. Everyone, you know, you know, <laughs> the running joke, of course, is you know John Cena does not get in. And not only that, but he, he's now lost a main event on a pay per view. Yeah. Yep. So Plainly. it's showing the maturing, I think, of John Cena and starting the generation over. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what were your thoughts? On No Mercy. Well, and I understand why they did it, but I thought the main event at the beginning of the show was weird. You know, it was just, what? Yeah. We're doing this now? Total debate. But, totally yeah, I mean, the, the, rest of the, the rest of the show, was, the rest of the card was pretty good. It was okay. It wasn't, you know, spectacular. But I think uh, I think The Miz and Dolph completely sold the show. Mm-hmm. Especially since uh, we went from that, I mean, when they first did the when they first did the double uh, the double uh, submission hold on AJ, I'm like, oh, really? Didn't NXT just do this not too long ago? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do this and drag this out further. Yeah. But thankfully, uh, they stopped it. And technically speaking, AJ Styles should have been eliminated from that match at that point. Exactly. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, other I agree. than that, I thought it was, a, it was a pretty decent card. I mean, it was better than the, the last uh, SmackDown exclusive special events they did on the network. Hmm. Okay. I, I think Black. I think Backlash was better than No Mercy, just because I think the structure, and I've, I've shared this before on Facebook. I think the structure of uh, Backlash. Uh, well, Again, twenty minutes to me taking twenty minutes out of a pay per view just I think it just diminishes the integrity of it. I I, I want a three hour pay per view, but outside of that, I didn't like the structure of putting the main event first because everything outside of Miz and Ziggler just spiraled from there. wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't a big fan of that that at all. And I understand why they did it, but I mean it, it undermines their fan base though because yeah. Because, you know, you're basically saying, you know, hey, you'll get a good hour from us from 8 to 9. After that, it's, you know, you you guys, you're probably turn the channel. So, 
there there you have it. And it's like, you know, make the best out of the people who's watching it for the entire time. There's some people who don't care about politics whatsoever. If you have one person watching that pay-per-view for the entire time, you better make it the best pay-per-view that a person's ever seen the entire time. I mean, you know, I've interviewed so many people on the show, and they say that with, with different wrestling matches. You know, I, I remember interviewing Matt Seidel, and he was like, you know, I don't care who, I don't care how many people is outside the ring. I don't care what type of audience I have. I'm going to make, I'm going to perform the best I've ever performed each and every time because that one person, because I'm thankful for that one person. If it's one person that came in and bought a ticket, that is going to be the best experience that one person's ever had in their life. And the WWE is undermining their, their fan base by saying, well, you'll come back. And, and I think, that, I think that that's a bad idea. I can't disagree. Yeah. So what were your – let's get to Raw and uh, and SmackDown here. Uh, I would do my audio soundbite, but, uh, you know, for the sake of uh, for the sake of doing it, let's, let's do it. Raw and SmackDown. Here we go. Raw and SmackDown coming up. Give me a quick 90 on uh, your thoughts on, uh, of Raw and SmackDown. Well, ever since this brand split, I've been a bigger fan of SmackDown than I have been of Raw because mm-hmm. I think it's a, a much better show because it's condensed into two hours. I still, I, I've never been a fan of the three-hour Raw, but that's just me. However, this week, I think Raw was a much more solid show. I like that they continue to build the, the build uh, the club back into that machine that that destroys everyone and it's just yeah. destroying everyone for the simple fact of destroying everyone. Yeah. Say, hey, you know, we belong at the top, and, and I like that they 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 took away that you no more games gimmick. They they got rid of that. And they're they're now being. What we who have watched them through ROH and New Japan know that these two can be these monsters, and I'm yeah. so glad that they're finally getting back to that. Uh, I love that they're they're now teasing the the uh, split between Jericho and KO. Um, so I really enjoyed that part of Raw. Um, then uh, for SmackDown, you and I talked about it briefly on Facebook Messenger before you went live. Um, if you have not watched SmackDown or you you watched briefly, you weren't paying attention, go back through and watch the AJ Styles, James Ellsworth. I'm really concerned about James Ellsworth because I think the dude is just hilarious. He's, 
He was great on Jericho's podcast. He just it seems like a guy who's just living the dream right now, but he took the Styles Clash wrong. Mm. And he, he went head down to the head back, which you know, took out Frankie Kazarian. It took out a few other guys oh, yeah. really, really badly. Broke their necks. Yeah. He came, looked, like, looked like AJ protected him on this one, but he came down flat on the front of his head. Yeah, you can't I'm so concerned about it. I'll be checking dirt sheets to see if there's any injury yeah. report on James Ellsworth. Yeah, but um, I think SmackDown was pretty solid. It wasn't a great show. It wasn't a terrible show. I think it was a solid show. It's a solid build. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning building blocks have been put in place. Um, and why is Shane McMahon yelling at AJ Styles for being upset that Dean Ambrose, you know, <laughs> gave him the double arm DDT yeah. twice? Yeah. I mean, he has every right to be mad. <laughs> yeah. Heal or not. That was wrong. Yeah. No, no, no making good storyline. Go on. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't a big fan of Ellsworth actually getting the pin either. I, I, I didn't like that. Uh, you know, there could have yeah. been something around that as far as, you know, I understand that it was an Ambrose thing. I, I get it. You know, I understand it. Uh, Styles takes one for the team uh, being champ, but I, I just I didn't like that. There there could have been a way to somehow got him DQ'd or something like that. That, that would have been probably better. But just the, taking an actual pin, I don't care if it's a fast count or not. I I just wasn't a, a big fan of that. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Got a couple minutes left. So, Todd, give me your top five people who Brock Lesnar should put over. Oh, man. Uh, number five. Let's go with uh, I would like to see him put over uh, KO. Okay. Uh Number four, oh, geez, I didn't even put much thought into this one this week. I'm sorry. Uh, number four, KO, we'll go five, KO. Number four, uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, number three, uh, I would, well, it won't work now, but back in the day, I think I think uh, Heath Slater, have Randy Orton come in, hit him with the RKO, then he does the James Ellsworth uh, with Heath Slater. Uh, but now it doesn't work. So uh, let's put over. Um, um, oh, Apollo Cruz. That's what okay. I was thinking of. Apollo Cruz, because uh, Apollo Cruz, we all know, is tremendously athletic. Uh, mm-hmm. Just needs that oomph to get him over that that hurdle to say, okay, this guy's legit. Yep. Uh, number two, let's see him put. I'd like to see him put over um, um, AJ Styles, okay. or at the very least. You know, with the help, with an assist from the club. And number one, Randy Orton. Okay. All right. So my top five was number five, Cesaro. Number four, a baby face, Bobby Roode. I think the glorious thing is going to get him so over that, you know, they're they're not going to have any choice but to turn him baby face. Uh, Number three, The Undertaker. A uh, good clean win at, at WrestleMania will be a good way to. Uh, send them off to me. Number two, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, they fought in New Japan, uh, and yeah, that that was that was really fun. That was that was really great. And so, 
time to bring it over. And the number one, I want to see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns 2 at WrestleMania since the first one ended with the cash-in from, from Seth Rollins. And I think that Brock Lesnar should pass the torch to Roman Reigns because he is the face in the future of the WWE. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be back. The road to election 2016. Next Tuesday will be three weeks out, and I'm sure there's going to be so much more to talk about, just like we did today. Thank you so much for everyone who's listening on Facebook Live. Thank you so much for everyone who's listening uh, live through Blog Talk Radio. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Please go to the Crave Wrestling Facebook page and hit the like button. Go to the Crave Wrestling Twitter page and follow. And go ahead and plug uh, your podcast and any other any other endeavors in, in Twitter and whatever else you need to plug. Make sure you listen to Off the Rubs podcast. New uh, new episodes every Thursday. Uh, we take a bit of a saucier look at all of the shows, including New Japan, Evolve, uh, PWG, ROH, TNA, WWE. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Todd on Twitter. Um, and if you're enjoying the political conversation, make sure you uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know that if you're enjoying it or not. I've been trying to convince uh, uh, Chris here that we should spin this part off and become our own do our own political podcast every week and discuss the hot topics of the week. If you're interested in that, tweet me. Let me know. I'll, I'll tag Chris in it, and, and we'll all convince him that we should do it together. That's it for me. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show. We are signing off 237. Until next week, you all enjoy your week at wrestling. And God bless, and we'll be back next week, God willing. Have a good night. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.